the comic book pit. Okay. Okay, welcome back to the Comic Book Pit. This is episode 348. I'm Dan, and with me, uh, we've got Scott. What's up, people? And Sean. Hey, gang. And Comic Book Pit is uh, your weekly comic book discussion podcast, uh, but we talk about much more than that. You know, if it's related to comics... We'll talk about it in some way, shape, or form. Uh, obviously, things are a lot different now as we are, uh, you know, we're in, uh, what, week three of the uh, isolation and everything's different. Comics are, are the comic industry is kind of in a upheaval. So we're kind of uh, cobbling together episodes as we go because there really are new, uh, no new comics these days. And it, it kind of got me thinking because I, I just started, you know, the, in the past few months, I just started reading some really good comics and I'm really bummed that I'm not getting them. Now, obviously that's, you know, on the, in the grand scheme of things, you know, not getting your comics is not that big a deal, but this is a comic book podcast. So, we want to have fun and we want to talk about comics. So that's what we're going to do earlier in the week. I, I put the question out to you guys, you know, is there anything that you guys have been reading recently that obviously you're not getting now because of, because of the pandemic? Yeah. Um, the, the big one for me was, um, the, uh, Batman curse of the white Knight. Um, because, because the next issue is the final issue. And it's like, Uh, you know, how long did this series take? Not that it took a long time, but, you know, um, you know, hats off to Sean Murphy, you know, because he pretty much did the whole thing with a little help from Matt Hollingsworth. Um, But I mean, it's been, what, two years in the making, I think. I'm guessing. Or a year, two years. Mm -hmm. Definitely beginning of 2019. Yeah. and so he's on book seven of eight, and it's like, <laughs> I just yeah. need to read the last one. <laughs> like it's over. And uh, yeah, and that really sucks because you 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 know the book is probably done. Yeah, it's got to be done. I mean, I'm sure he has it all complete. This wasn't like a pencils down, like <laughs> like I've heard. You know, <laughs> yeah, like I've no, heard right, that uh, in the industry. I think it was Marvel or DC. Like they, like you said, they said pencils down, like everybody stopped working. Yeah. So there are books in progress that are not currently even being worked on, um, which is kind of that, that actually makes me sadder than not having the books (laughs) coming out. Just means that they're, you know, they're being creatively stymied, 
stymied, I guess. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but um, yeah, so I don't know. You had mentioned a couple too, I think, a couple of books. Yeah, well, um, yeah, we can we, we can just go around the circle here, but uh, I'm gonna hop over to Marvel, and I was really digging the new Star Wars series. Oh yeah, that, that picked up after the events of The Empire Strikes Back. Yeah, and I not that I didn't expect to enjoy it, but I think I'm enjoying. I think what four issues have come out so far. Yeah. And, I think, yeah. Yeah. And I, I think I enjoyed the first few issues of this series more than I did the first few issues of the series eight that started a couple years ago with Jason Aaron and John Cassidy. The new hope. Yeah. Post new hope. And now this is like post empire. Yeah. And um, I, I think because this is like, the the new paradigm for this story is it's it's not the the typical group of heroes from the first movie it's you know it, it's like this kind of thrown together it's it, it and everyone is in crisis you've got you know lando who's who's a big question mark like they don't know if they still don't know if they can trust him right uh luke is having this huge crisis of conscience because he doesn't know if he's worthy to even be a Jedi because he just finds out that Darth Vader is his dad. Um, Princess Leia is, she, you know, she is trying to get Han back and she's trying to keep the rebellion together. So it's like, this is the, this is the, this is the stuff that like good stories are made of like characters that are off their game. Yeah, I agree. I think they, they, they rolled in like, you know, like, um, you know, they were high rollers in the, in the other one because they seemed like they were winning at everything. Mm -hmm. And now they're like, you know, the, the, one of the story elements of this series is that the empire has, has a spy or the, a tracking system and they're finding the rebel fleet, even though they scattered, they're finding them. And they're like, Holy crap. We don't even know if the rebellion is still, around because we're mm-hmm. all scattered and we know that they got our number, you know? So that's another. Yeah. And, um, the other thing I'm really enjoying too is Darth Vader. Um, and his, he's also having the crisis of faith now too, because you know, the, even him just finding out in the previous series, finding out about Luke really shook his world. But now he's also like, I don't trust the emperor. You know, and like, you know, what do I do? You know, and I need to find Luke again. You know, well, plus, so. you know, they were like, you've got all these, all, you've got all these back payments for child support. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah exactly. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, they'll they'll knock on every door, man. You know, like I don't care where Vader's setting up. <laughs> they will they will garnish his credits. <laughs> he's sleeping on couches. Yeah, he's he's trying to. <laughs> but yeah they will come to where you work and they will track you. <laughs> um, that's why he doesn't go to Tatooine because he knows just Jawas are just going to come to him that's right. yeah. someone's, someone's going to drop a dime on him <laughs> um, well Sean uh, you had mentioned something pre-show about something that you were missing yeah I um 
I'm kind of sad to hear that uh, Strange Tales is on hiatus. Oh, yeah. Or not Strange Tales, uh, Strange Adventure. Right. With uh, Adam Strange. Yeah. Um, by Tom King. And I, I actually really enjoyed it. Like, I, I did, too. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, that was one. That was one of my books that I uh, that I was really bummed out about too. Because it, yeah, we we only got the first issue. Yeah, and yeah. I think you know what. Now I think about it. Last time I, uh, that we recorded, Dan, I think you had mentioned that Tom King was writing it, and I'm like, mm-hmm. why didn't I read it yet? So then I went and read yeah. it immediately. That's right. And now yeah. it's like now I'm like, oh great, now I can't even read this one. <laughs> Yeah. Now, uh, unfortunately, I would recommend people not read it because you're going to be bummed out that you can't keep reading it. I would say, you know, well, I mean, buy it if you can find it, buy it. I mean, you know, you got to support the industry and everything, but, you know, don't it's going to break your heart because you're going to read this great first issue and then you're going to want more. And, you know, who knows when we're going to get more. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I actually, when you said Strange Adventures, I actually bought, I also bought Strange Academy. And oh, that's cool. Another, that's another first issue, uh, you know, with a no, <laughs> no second issue in sight. <laughs> yeah, I think that was another one that we talked about on one of the last episodes. I think Jared and Link both... Okay read and enjoyed that and okay yeah. yeah and i i didn't but i i heard enough good things about it that i i probably will check it out I, and i i can probably still i mean i i you know i, I get all my stuff to, um comiXology anyway so i could probably still oh, find it point. yeah um scott young and umberto ramos yeah which is yeah. funny because it's th- th- those are typically two two creators that do not attract me to a book and I'm not saying like they're bad. I mean, they, they definitely have, you know, legions of fans, but their style is just not something that I'm that, you know, you know draws what? me in, but it, it, it sounds like they're a good, at least for this first issue, the only issue they've, they've been able to put out so far that they were, you know, they sounds like they put out a good first issue. Um, yeah, I, just my this just my quick soundbite review is um, I love the character designs and I love the the uniqueness of each character. Like they're from places in the multiverse that you know normally would just be full of bad guys, but they're like here's this you know frost giant girl you know who does magic, and it's like oh that's cool. Um, that said, I, I didn't think the hook was that good in this. Like, I, you know, to read, to want to read the next issue. Mm-hmm. Um, that's that's probably my only hang up on it. I just didn't think it was. I mean, because there's so many characters, I think that just kind of they didn't get to the story. So, yeah. but you know, it's definitely worth a check for sure. So, so you think it, maybe it suffered a little from having to like having to introduce too many characters so, at once. There's so many, so many students that they had to introduce and they're all so unique, you know, but it does feel a lot like, um, you know, like a generation X kind of book, you know, like back then. Mm-hmm. And it's like, well, if you stick around, you know, it might be, you know, it could turn into something really, really fantastic. So, yeah. 
Cool. Um, well, not to mention, I mean, aside from all the new characters, from what I remember, all the instructors in Strange Academy are are all uh, established, uh, yeah, magic based heroes. Yeah, I thought it was. I thought that was cool because they just kind of did like a quick. They're like, here's the staff, you know, here's the the workers, and you know, mm-hmm. then like throwing in um, Scarlet Witch and uh, you know, and uh, what Doctor Voodoo now, you know, is uh, he's kind of the main guy, you know, like he's kind of like the, you know, even though it's Doctor Strange's school, you know. Um, Voodoo's the guy, you know, he's the mm-hmm. guy that's run, you know, that's going to be featured. So I thought that was cool too. Yeah. I always liked Dr. Voodoo and that he, you know, he was one of those like kind of like C list characters, but you could tell that a few, like, was it like five or 10 years ago that they were trying to do something with him? Like they made him the sorcerer Supreme. Right. That's when while. he became doctor instead of brother. Yeah. I think. Yeah, doc. Yeah, he was Doctor Voodoo. Yeah, the Sorcerer Supreme, and yeah. he had his own book for. I don't think it lasted very long, though. I don't know, you know, because it's the same thing that they always do, though. Is they, 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 they roll that out like it's going to be permanent, and then they all of a sudden just change it back. Mm-hmm. You know, just like how they do with you know a new Captain America and you know new Thor and new everybody else. So they did the same thing. They're like, oh, it's a new Sorcerer Supreme, and they're like, oh, I'm just kidding. You know, like a year later, it was back. You know, status quo. Yeah, I feel like it only it maybe only went like six or eight issues. Yeah, um, but yeah, it was kind of a shame. I, I was kind of digging that, but I, I, I guess it just didn't resonate with everybody. Yeah, I don't know, but yeah, this was. It just looked. You know, I was like Scott. You know, I like Scotty Young too, and I'm like, all right, I got to check it out. That was mainly, but like, and I'm you know, Umberto Ramos, I. I don't always buy his stuff, but I did like this this book. I thought it's definitely a good fit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I heard that he wasn't like the 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 his art styling was it was you could still tell it was him, but I guess it wasn't as extreme as were you yeah. seeing his his art. Yeah, I think they know. I think some of the guys that do like really crazy stuff. Um, but when they, when they do like a Marvel book, they try to do more of a house style for Marvel, mm-hmm. you know, and try to reel it in a little more. So, um, yeah, I don't know. So it's like, it's just more paneled, you know, I think this is the main difference. Yeah. <laughs> no, that's it. Okay. Good stuff. Cool. I'll to um, try to get a copy of it. Uh, yeah. Those two actually kind of like. As soon as I knew that they were going to be on the uh, as a creative team, I was like, "Oh, okay." Now I guess I'll have to definitely go get it. And I was actually trying to look at it on Comicsology, but I guess I was just looking on the wrong week. So now that I know it's out, I'll probably go buy it. I think it was the same week as Strange Adventures. Okay. Or whatever, because I was just like, "All right, I'm buying all the Strange books today." <laughs> oh, yeah, that, you know what? I think yeah. you're right. That, that sounds familiar. That, but that both of those number ones came out at the same on the same week, and they were both yeah strange. Yeah, <laughs> it's like all right, <laughs> and that's when all this stuff came collapsing. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. Strange week. 
Too and many strange. Everything shut down. Yeah. And everything <laughs> shut down. They just couldn't handle that much strange. <laughs> um. Uh, so aside from uh, aside from comics, anything else you guys are missing? Shows or movies or anything? Well, they're pushing movies back, so I mean that's kind of a bummer, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I did. I guess uh, Vin Diesel's Bloodshot's already out. Is that Bloodshot? Yeah, it came like already, a digital something like Amazon. Yeah, or, yeah, I think it did hit the theaters, but I, I think it was right on the cusp of it, it. It came out like the week before things started shutting down, like um, kind of like how C two E two went on, like oh, same thing. It was like a, a week before everything just kind of hit the fan. They still managed to squeeze it in. Yeah, but um, I think. I heard that like it, it, it did come out. It didn't do very well, but it doesn't sound like Corona or not. It doesn't sound like it would have done any better, you know? Yeah. I, I think it, it's probably a straight to video kind of, you know, like I, I would have waited anyway. So like, it's yeah. kind of nice that, you know, I probably will watch it a lot sooner. And that's what I was going to say is part of my, you know, just being at home now, um, I have a list of, I think I talked about this before too, but I, I made a, I have a list of DC movies that I need to catch up on. So, you know, mm-hmm. um, Aquaman, Justice League. Oh, you still haven't seen Aquaman? Yeah. That's what I said. <laughs> I know I'm way behind. And then um, you're not missing much with, with Justice League, but I, I, I personally, I liked Aquaman like a lot. Okay. Like it was fun. That will definitely be next. But we were we started watching Birds of Prey the other night. Uh, Harley Quinn. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, and, yeah, that I still haven't seen. I, that's something I'm probably going to watch during all this. And that's what I want to do is like all those all those DC movies. I just fell fell behind, and I just want to get caught back up. So um, I think I only missed like, I mean, I did see Shazam, and I think. You know, in Batman versus Superman, I think was the last one I saw in the in that line. So, yeah, see, um, and sh- so Shazam, that's, get, that's another one I haven't seen. Oh, Shazam's a lot of fun. Yeah, it's fun. It's good. Yeah, yeah. Like I was really impressed how good it was. I was, I mean, the all the trailers and promotions really looked great. But sometimes, you know, I've seen that before where it's like, oh, this looks like a really interesting movie. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you show up and it's like, it sucks. But this one actually was really good. I think the only pitfall was they kind of like it seemed, I guess now I'm looking back on it, like it kind of seemed like it was marketed to kids a little bit. Yeah. But then, like, you looked at some of the stuff and I was like, whoa, okay, now we. We can't have little kids seeing this. The movie starts <laughs> like the movie starts out in that cinematic DC universe, like where it's grungy and sad and depressing, you know. And then and then it it finds its way out, you know. Like I think as the movie goes, mm-hmm. it becomes like a fun movie, mm-hmm. and you know, and and happy at, at the end instead of instead of you know like oh you know we we fought and we won, you know, they're, they're like, you know, we won and we had a good time doing it, you know? So 
it's like, okay, you know, like they actually found a way to be, and that's why I think I kind of got um, burned out on the DC ones was just because they were so grim all the time that I was mm-hmm. like, yeah. you know, um, yeah, but yeah, so I'm catching up on them. Harley Quinn's uh it's good, but it's also like, it's so chaotic in the way they're trying to tell it that I, we didn't finish it yet. Like we just watched half of it and I was like, you know, it's time to go to bed. Like, <laughs> like, that's it. Over. That's all I can take. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like, it's fine. Um, but it's, it's not terrible. It's just, they could have, it's like the, the way I was explaining it. Um, it's, they're like trying to do Deadpool and they're trying to do Deadpool storytelling where he stops the movie and goes back. Uh, but they go too they go too far with it. Like she's all over the map. She's like, Oh, and this character oh, I forgot to tell you their backstory and then just goes back on theirs. So then she's like, you know, three or four stories going around and then tries to catch back up to where they left mm-hmm. off in the movie and it's like, All right, this is dizzy, like you're going crazy. Like stop. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. but they're like, hey, that's Harley Quinn. And it's like, <laughs> it doesn't well, have to be. Kind of keeping on the the Harley Quinn train. Um, one movie I still haven't seen is Joker. That that's a good movie. <clears throat> yeah, I I haven't seen it, but all the trailers didn't really wow me. I don't know. Some about it was just like, eh. Like, I like the idea that they're going like, hey, we're going to do this Joker story that's set in the 80s. And, mm-hmm. you know, that sounds like a really fun thing. Like, I kind of wish some more superhero movies would kind of take some cues from that stuff. Like, oh yeah, I still wouldn't mind, like, a Fantastic Four that takes place in the 60s. Yeah. You know? And then they can figure out how to bring them to the current day if they want. But, you know, well, stuff like that. Sean, I, I think you you mentioned earlier. You said you were um, going back to like stuff we're missing uh, because of the uh, isol- self isolation and everything that's going on. Um, you mentioned the, some of the CW shows. Yeah, I I think I heard that a lot of the shows don't have an ending this season uh, because of this, uh, including Flash. And it's like, oh, that's lousy. Because I mean, I. I fully admit that I fell off after crisis. Like I meant to go back. And then um, I was actually kind of waiting for Steph, my wife to catch up to me. And uh, cause she didn't see crisis yet. And then I think she didn't see like a couple episodes uh, going up to crisis. So she was like, oh, I haven't seen it. You don't mind. And I'm like, no, I don't mind. And you know, a week goes by, we get busy and then two weeks, three weeks. And then, you know, you just fall off. So I was like, well, I'll catch it eventually. Or, you know, Netflix is pretty good at that. Like the next day after the season ends, you know, it's already up. Mm -hmm. So I can probably just watch the other half. But, you know, now it's like, I don't even know what's going to happen. Because it's like, there's not going to be an ending. So it was like, Netflix is going to wait till May and just release it. (laughs) So I can just catch up then. Yeah, I mean, it's it sucks because it's like the, a lot of those shows were. Um, I think they were just kind of steering into like how cool it was going to be. Like it definitely seemed like the CW shows. Kind of had like a reboot without a reboot. Uh, right. Yeah. 
And in a way, it's weird how, because it's weird that we're in this halt of media right now. Because all these things ended in 2019, like at the perfect time, (laughs) you know, to take a break. And, and now it's literally, there's a, there's a real break. There's our, we have an actual blip, the blip, you know, that they mentioned in Spider-Man. Like we're in the blip right now. That's true. Yeah. So, um, but it's funny because it actually gives us all a chance to kind of breathe and reflect on all this stuff. And now when they launch it again, it, and especially if they, I think if Marvel comes in with fantastic four, it's going to be, you know, right back on like it, like they never missed a beat. They'll be like, here's fantastic mm-hmm. four. That's how we're opening up, you know, this new era or something like that, you know, like putting them in there somehow. I'd be like, I'm back. I'm in, you know, I'm all in. I got um, I got a quick conspiracy theory. <laughs> I have a feeling that the, the fantastic four movie that's coming out, I think they're going to do like a Galactus one, like opening up the gate. I think they're going to do Galactus. It just seems like a lot of the Marvel stuff that they've been re-releasing has like Galactus stuff in it. Like um, Stitcher has uh, Marvels, like they're doing Marvels. The the you remember that Kirk Busick? Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Well, they're doing that. And they specifically have it surrounded like on the, I think it's like the second chapter from the limited series where Galactus comes to town and it's the FF. And then Marvel started releasing all those dollar books and it has like, um, you know, like the Galactus trilogy or I can't remember what the title is. Like here comes Galactus. And then, uh, I think maybe even a couple of years ago, they released like a big tomb of like uh, the Fantastic Four, like the the Jack Kirby three issue stuff. Like it was like a, a really nice printed hardcover. So conspiracy theory, I kind of have a feeling that that's what they're going to do first. Like they're just going to hit it like, you know, like they're just going to swing for the fences coming out. Hmm. I could I be totally that. utterly wrong. But well, I, I think at the, at the very least, I, I think they'll, even if it th- doesn't happen in the first movie, I'm sure it will be, I'm sure they will set it up very, very obviously to happen. Yeah. Maybe, maybe Galactus is then, you know, the next big villain, you know, like you know, Thanos style, you know, oh, or I don't know if he could be a Thanos style villain. Yeah. Like that's the problem with Endgame because I kept thinking afterwards I was like, man, what are they going to do now? I mean, Thanos like wiped out half the universe. How are you going to top that by like just wiping out ninety nine point nine percent of the universe? Well, I don't, th- I don't think they do. I, I, I don't think they try and top that with another big cosmic um, bad guy. I think. Because they did that, and they did it as well as anybody could do it. I mean, I so I, I think at this point, they at least maybe for the the next phase, they're just going to tell just individual stories, and and maybe they'll they'll you know connect them somehow to each other. But I don't think they'll connect them in a way that 
will lead to a big plot, a, a big plot like it did with Thanos and the Infinity Stones, because that was such a a far reaching and you know it, with the stones tying everything together. I don't think they could. I don't think they could do that again and and not have it come off as hokey or or like ripping yeah. themselves off. I think. I think they have to tell their, you know, put out these movies that are going to be more character based. Like they're going to do sequels for Doctor Strange and Captain Marvel and Black Panther, and they're going to do Black Widow, and they're going to do the uh, Eternals. And I think they're. I think these are all going to be like standalone movies for for all intents and purposes. You know, and, and maybe maybe they'll almost do do it like on a smaller scale where maybe they'll introduce the Fantastic Four and have Doctor Doom be the next kind of big bad, but all he's doing is really threatening Earth, not like the entire galaxy. Like maybe he just wants to rule Earth. But yeah, I, I, I don't see them doing another, you know, cosmic level event like that because they kind of blew their wad with Thanos. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe they, you know, because when you think about who else, who else does Marvel have for big villains? Like Doctor Doom is definitely one of the biggest, um, and they could, they could ramp it up to him. But then they've also already pulled Doctor Doom out of the hat, you know, in other movies. So, mm-hmm. like, do they, you know, would they really rely on him to be the, the you know, villain at the end, or? You know, some you know, or somebody maybe I don't know if they would even do that again because yeah, the the stones were it was such a good concept to drop into into whatever movie they wanted and and just be like it's part of the bigger story arc. Um, but yeah, there's no I don't know if there's an element like that that they could even do that again anyway. And and I yeah, I totally agree. It would just it would come across as like oh, they're just doing the same thing. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I don't know. I hope they never do Beyonder. So, I'll just say that. Oh yeah, no, I don't. I don't think. Yeah, well, you know, and 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 it's almost a shame that that. Well, no, I'm I'm never going to begrudge Marvel for doing Thanos and the entire Infinity Stone storyline because it was amazing. They they yeah. put together. 20 plus movies over 10 years. And they, they, they just did something that no one else will be able to to do. But that also means we are probably never going to see dark side in a movie because, because oh, yeah. the, the similarities between dark side and Thanos and what they each represent and like their power set, it like, it just is going to make DC look like they are just Johnny ripping Cumberland. off Marvel. Like, obviously, like we know the difference because we're huge nerds and we've been reading these stories for 30, 40 years. But, you know, the the average moviegoer who only knows these stories from the movies or maybe some animated things or whatever, that maybe their knowledge doesn't run as deep as ours. They're only going to see see it on the surface. They're like that guy, he looks like Thanos. I was going to say, like, if they're doing that fourth world stuff, though, 
which I, I guess it's on hold, I assume, or I guess, like if they're writing it or something like, I don't know what the level is, but I don't know. I think you can do dark side still. Like, I don't, I don't think he'll be a total parody of Thanos. Like, I don't think, oh, I, I think you can probably bring like a unique edge to him. Like, yeah, he's after the anti-life equation, but uh, I don't know. Like they, they have two different motives to some extent. Like visually I can see the, I can see the similarities. Like you can definitely see that, uh, Thanos took a lot of cues from Darkseid, but I don't know. I mean, I'll definitely see, like, from a, a moviegoer point of view, where they'll be like, oh, that's totally like a Thanos ripoff. I'd be like, no, you don't get it. I think they need to reprise, you know, if they have Weird Al reprise his role as, as Darkseid in uh, Teen Titans and have him reprise it in the live action, you know, Weird Al voicing Darkseid. <laughs> Is that at Teen Titans Go? Yeah. Oh, I haven't seen that one yet. Oh, what? yeah. Just look up the clip. It's just one clip. Well, my kid's been watching a whole mess of them. Like, she's hooked on Teen Titans Go. Yeah. And I have to admit, like, I watched it with her, and I'm just like, I'm loving it. Oh, yeah. It's awesome. Yeah, like, it's, I didn't think it was going to be any good, because I, I think I heard, like, with, like, Neil Adams say, like, oh, this is crap. And I was like, all right. I mean, not oh, like Neil Adams dictates what I watch, but... You know, I was just my, like my oh. niece, my niece and nephews actually got me hooked on it too. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I think uh, just to just to kind of put a, a cap on the whole on the on the cinematic dark side, I, I guess anything's possible. Like, yeah, maybe somebody could bring something different or put a unique spin on the a cinematic version of Dark Side. The only problem, at least for me, is. I have no faith in Warner brothers to yeah. put out a decent, you know, movie. So, well, you know, especially fourth world. Like I can't, I can't picture them doing, I mean, maybe it's a good, you know, like having a good script and putting out a good movie are two different things because yeah. you get t- so many people involved and in, hey, we—I mean, we were all excited for Man of Steel and Batman versus Superman, and you know, in Justice League. Like each one of these movies, you know, I didn't—I didn't root for any of them to fail. I wanted them all to be awesome because I wanted to have as much fun watching those movies as I did the Marvel movies. But each one disappointed me in so many ways, and. Yeah, yeah. Except for Wonder Woman, yeah, That's- yeah. Wonder Woman is probably the the, the best out of all of them. Yeah. But even that, but even Wonder Woman, like in the the last third of the movie, it kind of kind of fell apart. It, it turned into a boss fight. I mean, that's that's like a formula. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That's a formula thing. They did. They basically were like, it worked in Iron Man, and you know they never looked back after that. Yeah. So, but I. Yeah, you know, you're right. And 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 even and Aquaman I I enjoyed the the visual aspect of it and certain storytelling parts of it, but overall it was I felt like I was watching a video game. Oh yeah. Yeah. It was it was just too 
it was just over, it was like over rendered or something. I, I don't know how to, and like they kept doing these, the, in some of the action scenes, they did the, they would like do it like a freeze frame and do this like 360 degree, like rotation of the, of the fight. And I'm like, oh my, like it, it, I couldn't figure out why that bothered me. Then I'm like, oh my God, it's like a video game. <laughs> I, f- I feel like I'm sitting in, I feel like, hey, <laughs> I feel like it's 20, I feel like it's 20 years ago and I'm sitting in my buddy's living room in a beanbag watching, <laughs> watching someone play, you know, PlayStation one waiting for my turn. And I'm like, yeah, this is like a video game. See, I kind of was like on board after that. Like you had me at, you know, sharks with laser beams. Like literally they have sharks and laser beams on it. And I'm just like, all right, if oh, I'm yeah, riding this no. train, I'm riding this train. That's awesome. But no, and I mean that I like, like I like the the visual stuff. I, I thought it was, it was great. It really like, it looked like star Wars underwater, but yeah. you know, the, the visuals will only take you so far. True. And I'm sorry, Jason Momoa is not a good actor. No, he's dreamy. <laughs> yeah, that's, well, yeah, that's. I mean, so and he, he looks like. I mean, he can kick ass, and he he looks like a superhero, but he cannot act. So, actually, I take that back. I thought I I weirdly thought he was really good in the brief time he was in Game of Thrones, even though he like yeah. he was not speaking English. I thought he really emoted well in that f- the first season of that show. Yeah, I, I, I agree. I think that was the best role he had. I think, um, yeah. was it Conan? <laughs> the best role. Night. Yeah, that's true. Right. He was. Oh, yeah. I, I didn't see that. I didn't it's, see it either. No, it's not good. And that's when I was like, that's when I was not on the bandwagon. You know, I was like, wow, he's, he's a terrible actor. You know? Mm-hmm. But then, like he, everybody's like he's so dreamy, and they, you know, they just gave him, gave him more roles. <laughs> so it's like, all right, yeah. well, nice. what are you do? I think it's, <laughs> I think it's kind of hilarious that we think that 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 Jason Momoa's best role was the one that where he didn't talk. Exactly. <laughs> well, I mean, look at Arnie. I mean, all his best role. I mean, what he went out of the gate from like Terminator, and he didn't barely oh, talk yeah. in there. Yeah, well, you know, but you know, Arnold Schwarzenegger, he's I don't know what it is about him. I, he's got he's got charisma. He's he's there's something about him. Cuz cuz really, I mean, he's he's got an amazing physique, but if you look at him, he's really not like classically handsome. You know, he's yeah. kind of like he's got that weird weird smile with a like a gap in his teeth and he's you know, he's got kind of like a big nose and like he's not like a handsome dude. But like he's not he's not like classically handsome, but you put him together with his his physique and he he must have like trained like he must have taken acting like lessons or he must have been trained because oh, yeah. I think he eventually his mo- his his roles did like he did get better as an actor. Oh, That's why no, they started putting him yeah. he started put yeah. they started putting him in comedies. Yeah, yeah I agree. I mean yeah, kindergar- I so. kindergarten cop, are you kidding me? I love yeah. freaking yeah, love kindergarten a, cop. Yeah, that's a classic. I love that. That's one a, too. he's funny in that. He's yeah, he's funny in so many movies. Twins? <laughs> Are you twins. kidding me? I have not seen Twins. I'm sorry. 
Uh, Shut fine. up. You've not seen twins? No, I haven't. Dude, that's like 35 years old. I guess I was too young at the time. <laughs> you gotta you gotta find tw- it's gotta be somewhere streaming. You gotta find twins. Yeah. Twins is good. Danny you gotta watch and Arnold. Oh. Yeah. All right. Yeah. That's a good combo. Um going yeah. back to the, the fourth world stuff, I I was a little iffy on it, but then I heard Tom King and I knew you guys said he was really good at it. And I heard good stuff on his on the Mr. Miracle thing that he was gonna be involved in the script process. So I was like, all right. But then, uh, what was it, Ava Duvall, who is the director on it, and I was a little iffy on it, but then I saw that Netflix series, um, When They See Us, and I was, like, completely hooked. Like, I was hooked on that series. It's a very hard series to watch, like, a very gut-wrenching, hard series to watch. Like, I kind of felt like it was torture, but in a good way. Okay. Like it was just that hooked. Um, not to bring the tone down. It. I'll just make it quick. It's uh, about the Central Park Five in the late '80s, and this is like a dramatization of that. But just the way it was like just directed and just put together, I was just like so hooked and just moved, and I'm just like watching like every hour. And I'm just like, oh my God, what, what is going to happen next? So I figured, and she also did, um, uh, shoot, it was, uh, it like came out like a week after Black Panther and it was like, it made just as much money, um, wrinkle in time. Oh yeah. yeah. So I was like, well, if she can do this type of storytelling with when they see us, and she got weird visuals, then I'm like, okay, there we go. That seems like a pretty good match. Like, again, it might be garbage when it comes out because, you know, DC, Warner, doesn't know how to mm-hmm. do anything other than Batman. But I'm willing to give it a try. <laughs> well, you know what? Um, I guess we'll probably start wrapping it up pretty soon, but I, but I did want to talk about just uh, – some comics and and Sean, you actually gave me a good segue because I started reading the new printing of Jack Kirby, Mr. Miracle collection, the, the 18 issues that he did. Oh, wow. Nice. So I, I forgot that I had, I had purchased this collection like last year on comiXology. I think they were at DC was having a sale and it's, it's huge. It's like a, Oh, it's well over 450 pages because aside from the first 18 issues, there's a section called the mother box files. And then there's another section called the art of Jack Kirby. So it's, it's well over 450 pages. I think I paid like five or six bucks for it because it was on sale. Wow. Nice. Um, smokes. But well, and, and just just to be clear, so everyone knows, this is the, this is a digital version. This is not a physical copy, yeah. but it's got that cool um, that that new cover. It's kind of like a. I'll hold it up for you guys to see. This won't help anyone at home, but it's got that kind of like neon. Oh yeah, like that's that's a really bad. It's the the, the light in my office is terrible, but <laughs> yeah, I started reading that and. It's um, 
I mean, it's, it's, it's a, it's a lot of fun, but uh, I like the first issue because like you're introduced to, to Scott free and the original Mr. Miracle and Oberon, but they don't come right out and, and say like, you know, you, you don't get his origin in that first issue. Like you typically would, you know, it's kind of like the, the, the formula for telling a first issue story is, Oh, here I am. Oh, here's, here's where I came from. Here's why I decided to put on a costume. Here's why I'm, you know, fighting supervillains or whatever. You really still don't like after this first issue, you, you really, you know, in this first issue, you really don't know anything about him other than like at the end, he adopts the, the, uh, the mantle of Mr. Miracle after the original dies and, but, but you get little hints here and there that he's, you know, he's got access to this strange technology that he can do all these other things. And in the second issue, then you're introduced to granny goodness. So then I think it's like, they start to build up, you know, they, they're starting to build up the whole, like the fact that he is, that he does come from like the fourth world and apocalypse and all that stuff. Cool. So. Duke, what are you, what what do you read these days? Just to give us a quick overview. I'll give you the yeah the ten cent tour of all <laughs> the stuff all the stuff I've been trying to catch up on. Um, I think that probably the most interesting is that I'm trying to catch up on all the there was all these crossover books that DC put out last year, Booster Gold and the Flintstones. Oh yeah. Archie meets Batman 66. Cool. Lex Luthor meets Porky Pig. <laughs> and Aquaman meets Jabberjaw. Nice. And, like, I'm going through all those because I've had them. Like, I bought all those team-ups last year. I never read any of them. So I'm working my way through. <laughs> These are some, definitely some of the zaniest books that I have. Um, but they're good. I mean... There's some good stuff for sure. You know, you get some, you know, uh, Mike Allred and, um, you know, covers. And um, uh, I can't remember his first name, but Ru- his last name is Russell, uh, the writer. Oh, Mark, he's, Mark Russell. Yeah, Mark Russell. He's written, he wrote the Booster Gold Flintstones. And he he's the one that wrote the Flintstones. Yeah. Um, series, which I love. So I remember Jared read it. I still remember when he, he read it, he reviewed it and he didn't like it too much, but, uh, I, I liked it, but I, I also think that Mark Russell's writes a very specific way. And I don't know if he can, you know, do it any other way. Like he's basically like, uh, an observer of, of humanity. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. um, and the way he writes booster golds, you know, future and everything is just sometimes abysmal. <laughs> sometimes it's funny. So, um, but yeah, those are good. So I'll just, you know, reading those. I also read uh, Future Imperfect um, by Peter David and Greg Land. But this is, I thought it was like the original thing that Peter David wrote for, you know, with uh, the Maestro Hulk. Oh yeah, with uh, he did that with George Perez. Yeah, yeah. The, so when I bought it, I bought this. I mean, to be fair, it's a five issue. I bought it for like five bucks, but I was like, 
oh, you know, I, I always wanted to read that. But this is actually the Secret Wars edition. So it's just a throwaway Secret Wars story. Oh, like, like a one-shot. You know, when, they, when they did Battle World. Yeah. You know, well, it's a five-issue series, but it's... Oh. But it's also like, you know, because it's on Battle World, it's like, who cares? You know, there's no... It's a non, you know, no consequence kind of thing. Um, that said, it was still it was still a fun read. Um, moving on, um, I read. I'm getting into my Star Wars collection that I had left. Uh, I, I basically fell out of sync with uh, keeping up. Um, so I've been reading Target Vader. I caught up on that. It's basically they. They brought back um, a character from the original Marvel series named Lance, and he's a a bounty hunter cyborg. Um, oh, that's con- the guy from from the from the bounty hunters book. Yeah, yeah, that's okay. where he's at now. They I didn't realize he was from the original series, the original Marvel series. Yeah, and so then they did a. So I have all these different books, but they did an issue 108 of the original series, and they did it so that they could reintroduce the Lance. And then it's like what a, you know, whatever. But it's kind of just like an overview of what he did in that original series. So then they brought him back, and he was contracted by like a like a a, re- a rebel cell to take out Darth Vader. And, um, but he's not a good guy either. You know, Lance is not a good guy. So they ended up making kind of a deal anyway. So, you know, no worries, but that kind of set it up then for the bounty hunter series to roll out. So I actually caught up on that. And now what I'm actually digging into is, uh, Oh my God. Last year, Star Wars rolled out all these one issue books and they put them under the banner of like Age of Republic, Age of Rebellion, and then Age of Resistance. And they're all character books. Yeah, I I read a couple of those. Yeah, and that's what I'm I'm diving into those now. Like that, I just read Darth Maul, Qui Gon, Jin, and Obi Wan Kenobi's books. And they're all good. I mean, uh, Jody Hauser is the uh, writer, and um, there's different pencilers on it. But uh, I think Jody Hauser did like uh, the Buffy series or something, like back in the day. Okay. And um, you know, it's good. It's good stuff. It just kind of gives a little bit of character uh, insight, you know, for all these different characters. But I'm like. This is the kind of stuff I'm digging through in my box, you know, that I'm like, okay, here's a huge section of books that I haven't read from a year ago that I need to catch up on. So, um, <laughs> but that's pretty much my, that's my quick summation, you know, of staying busy at this time and reading good comics. <laughs> cool. So there. Sean, what do you um? Well, you you said you finished Fourth World. Have you started anything else, or are you uh, taking it easy? I probably will take a break from Jack Kirby a bit. I'm trying to catch up a little bit. 
on a couple of the other books. Like, I'm sorry, like Jack, I like Jack Kirby, but sometimes you kind of got to just take a break. Sure. Um, but then again, I might also like finish up the demon or, um, I think those were the, the other Jack Kirby book I wanted to finish. Oh, Omac. But that's kind of like, you know, down the line. I think I'm going to try to finish the amazing joy buzzards. Uh, the first volume I got called here comes, I think it's like, here comes the spiders. Actually, this kind of goes back with the uh, teen Titans go. Cause I'm, I'm pretty sure like, probably like 80% sure that Dan hip, the artist on amazing joy buzzards is like a character designer or I don't know, like some sort of creative consultant on teen Titans go. Cause there's a lot of artwork like in between, like it just seems like his artwork is on the screen. Like a lot of his visual cues and everything. Um, I could be wrong, but, um, uh, I just finished, uh, this one. I guess I should probably say it out loud. Gotham by Gaslight. <laughs> oh, awesome. Uh, that's a, yeah, that's, that's a, that's one of my favorites. I, I finished the first one. The, I guess this collection actually has two stories of, Batman during the Victorian age, but I just read the Mike Mignola one just today. So, um, I, as a Mike Mignola fan, I really loved it a lot. Like his stuff, like his early stuff has always been my favorite, but I mean, like, I just like Mike Mignola as a whole, like I don't have like a certain age, but of, um, Mike Mignola, but like, you can see like all the little, like you see like a lot of Hellboy stuff in here before Hellboy came around and now it's kind of neat right. to me. Uh, right. I did like the take. I did. I mean, I growing up like hearing about it, I always knew like it was going to be a good story and I knew that it was going to involve Jack the Ripper. Um, I guess for people that out there don't know and haven't seen the cartoon movie, which I'm kind of, I'm kind of glad I didn't see the cartoon movie because <laughs> well, well anyways, I'll tell you real quick. Uh, for the viewers at home, it's basically Batman Elseworlds. So, like, Batman, if he be like Bruce Wayne, became Batman in like the Victorian age, like around like 1889, I think it is, or 1894 or something. Basically, like a year after the Jack the Ripper, the the famous murderer, serial killer in London, did his stuff. And this is kind of like hypothetically that, uh, he came to America, which is actually a, um, uh, I don't, I don't want to keep calling it conspiracy theories, but it's a theory. Well, that, it's a, yeah. It's a popular theory. That, yeah. Yeah. Jack the Ripper moved to America. Yeah. Like he might've been like H H Holmes or something like that. But anyways, uh, and Batman is there and he's trying to stop Jack the Ripper sort of. And then in the comic, like, I guess the way it was always kind of like built up, it always felt like, oh, it's Batman versus Jack the Ripper. And I'm just like, oh, okay, that's kind of cool. See how that plays out. The comic actually played out not like that. Uh, it was a lot shorter than I, than I thought, too. Like, I thought it was going to be a lot longer. But um, <laughs> I guess the one word that kind of came up in my head as I was reading it was um, a Scooby-Doo mystery. <laughs> 
<laughs> not so much in like hokiness, but it was like I figured out who Jack the Ripper was like on the second page. <laughs> and I was like, that's Jack the Ripper. Uh, but I I didn't expect how he became Jack the Ripper, so that was kind of cool. Um, I don't know. Can I give spoilers? Should it, I mean, I guess it's a 30-year book. Yeah. Um, and there's a cartoon movie. Uh, it turns out it's, was it Jack or Jacob uh, Packard, who is like a family friend to Bruce Wayne. Like, I guess he knew his dad and his mom. And, um, and apparently uh, Bruce's mom, the way it was told in the comic or like the way the paneling was out, it just seemed like more in his head that she laughed at him because he like expressed his affection for her and she, you know, declined him and he just kind of like went off the handle and said like, Oh, she was laughing at me. And, you know, so she said, yeah, he was, he was a bit unhinged. Yeah. And then, um, it was him that sent like a hired gun to, kill just Martha, but it just so happens, you know, Thomas was there too. And then he said like, Oh yeah. And I gallivanted and tried to shut up her, her laughter. So I went to Paris and Whitechapel and London. And uh, I think he had like another one in there too. So I was like, okay, that's, that's pretty cool. That was pretty cool. And mm -hmm. Bruce Wayne uh, like takes his mask off and he's like, I'm that guy, you know, you killed my parents, but, he was actually, I guess he believed more in law than vengeance. So that was kind of nice. Yeah. So it, it was a yeah, good was, story. Was, yeah. I, I always, I, I like the twist how it was like, basically like, like the origin stories for, for both of them, for both Batman and Jack the Ripper. Yeah. So it was, yeah. And with uh, Mike Mignola's visuals, it was just really great. Yeah. Like it was so good. Like I was just like at an all. No, of just Mike Mignola. So, mm -hmm. uh, absolutely, yeah. That's that's. I've I, I've loved that book ever since it came out. Gee, was it was it like in the mid to late nineties or something like that? Like the mid it was mid early, uh, no, it was like 80s, early nineties. Or was it eighties? It was. Cause I, I think it was like the first. I think it was the first Elseworlds book. It was, I think, because I think I don't know if they even had, you know, branded it that way. No, you're, yeah, I think you're right. But they launched, they saw how, what a success it was, and they launched based on that. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Gotham by Gaslight is definitely one of those, is, is worth seeking out. It's a, it's a, and, and Sean, you're right. I, I, when I, I reread it not too long ago, and it, it was definitely a shorter read than I remembered it. 1989. But, oh, 89. Okay. Yeah. Um, so, but it's, it, it's well worth it. I mean, for, for the story and for, yeah, for the, for the, uh, Mike Mignola art, the, the pre Hellboy Mike Mignola, when he was still working for Marvel and DC. Um, cause he, even when he was working for Marvel and DC, he did not do a lot of sequential, stuff he mostly did covers he yeah. you know i mean he did this he did the occasional sequential story but you know gotham by gaslight it was it's 
kind of a like a like a seminal work for for him and for DC and for Batman as far yeah. as stories that kind of stand the test of time, which is kind of ironic considering that it's a period piece. But you know, it 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 was like one of the first stories that that showed that you could take these characters and put them in That's- just about any time or setting and they would still be the same character that you do them as. Yeah. Yeah. The other one I remember, I knew I I was like, what other book did he do back then? It was Batman death in the family. He, he did that four issue story. He he did did the covers or did he do the covers? He just did the covers, but the covers were really striking. Oh yeah. Okay. Because that was oh, it does say covers and backup features. Yeah, because that was still that was still Jim Aparo who was doing the oh. interiors, but but those That's those right. covers. Well, it's funny because when I was younger, that I mean now I I love his art, but you know when you're when you're young and you're just kind of getting into comics and <laughs> all the art that you see is like kind of more traditional superhero comic art and then you see something like Mike Mignola and you're like what is that yeah I don't I don't I don't like that that looks that looks weird like like I I honestly it took me a while to warm up to Mignola's art and I it might have been you know Gotham by Gaslight that that kind of did it for me because once I saw what his art looked like kind of in the proper setting in like the that grim gloomy Victorian setting. It was like, Oh, okay. Now I get it. (laughs) Now, now I see what, what his art is supposed to be doing. And then, you know, a couple years later is, and then he just started doing Hellboy and it was like, okay, now he's, he's doing what he's supposed to be doing, you know? You know, I, I every so often I'll find you know I'll find a cover or something that he did from the big two, and it's it's really cool. I'm like, oh my god, look at that! He did he drew Green Lantern on the cover of Action Comics Weekly back in the eighties, yeah. you know, just out he there. Did, he did covers for he did like five or six issues for uh, classic X Men, and they're they're just mm-hmm. awesome. Yeah. Yeah, he he did a bunch of uh, he did some Alpha Flight covers. Yeah, actually, I'm about to read another one from him. Um, I guess I don't need to get it; it's actually right behind me. But it's Cosmic Odyssey. He did the, the oh Gary my god, god, yes, oh yeah, that was a good that was a good series. Cool. I know what I'm getting into then. Although <laughs> I only got yeah. like the book one. <laughs> oh, I'll have to try to find. Well, it's only yeah, luckily it's only four issues, but and they're they should be pretty easy to track down. Well, normally they would be. I don't know if right. you know what you're going to do now, but you might be able to find them online or or find the issues online or find a collection pretty cheap. I mean, it's it's been long enough that that came out. I imagine you could probably find find it pretty pretty inexpensive somewhere online. Cool. Yeah, I'll probably so. look for it. See how it goes with this one. And you can, uh, w- yeah, when you finish it, you can give us a, give us a report. Sure. Well, we're at about an hour and a half. As, uh, we figure we start wrapping up. Does anyone have anything, uh, else they want to, want to mention real quick? 
Um, I guess season four of Seven by Seven Comics happened this past Monday with the new yeah, that's right, El Fantasma. Uh, Scott, I think your day's tomorrow. Yeah, my day's tomorrow, Kaji Kitty. Which is, uh, it's Wednesday night, so Thursday is Scott's day. I'll give you a hint. Kaiju Kitty only appears in one panel. (laughs) This this season. Way to spoil it. It's all new, all different. (laughs) You'll see. It's going to be fun. But I felt like I needed, after three, three seasons of him monster bashing, I needed to hit the story from a different angle. So... So it's going to be, I think everybody's going to like it. Okay. Yeah. Looking forward to it. All right. Yeah. And we'll put a, we'll make sure I'll make sure to put a link to seven by seven in the show notes. You should, you should definitely, everyone should check out the seven by seven web comics. They're awesome. Literally half of our hosts are, (laughs) are seven by seven contributors. So Sean, you're on Sunday. I'm still I'm still holding down Sunday, so. And then Jared is what night? He's uh, Friday. Yeah, yeah. So. And then uh, to to round out the uh, just the rest of the seven by seven artists, you've got Ian Sharpley from the McSauce podcast, good friends of ours. You've got Mikey Wood, who was uh, he was our first our guest first. on the show. Yeah. Was our first. And, and, and he had the distinction of being our first guest, and that was our first live episode. Yeah. Uh, we've got uh, Barry Link, who is the uh, the, the uh, old man webcomic. <laughs> <laughs> he just uh, celebrated, what is it, 25 years, Scott, of doing Phineas? More like 50. Or 50? Did you say 50? 50 years. <laughs> 50 years? That's, that was Sean. Sean well, said he that, Barry, not me. Barry is 50, so, I mean, and Barry... Well, he just Barry's posted something that said... Phineas, so. Yeah, I think it's like 25 years of... Finn. He said... He yeah. just posted something that said that he... He came up with Phineas his senior year of high school. That's right. In lieu that, of a senior photo. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, that. that so that's got to be 30... 30 years. Yeah. Or, or, or almost, oh, or let's, yeah. say almost let's say he was 18. 30, when, that's right. He said, he did say it was either 31 or 32 years. That's so what he said. Barry Link celebrating over 30 years of drawing comics. So congratulations, yeah. Barry. We, yeah, congrats. You're the man. Yeah. We, we, we bow down to you. Eight, eight, and he then, still uh, has that energy. He, he yeah, should see yeah. it on a group talk. He's always, <laughs> he's always cranking out something. And relentless. he has like four kids and well, like all said, can't spell. four kids, can't 12 spell. jobs, no hands, I, uses his teeth. Yeah. <laughs> I've always said this about him. You can't spell barbarian without Barry. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> and then, um, and then uh, last, but certainly not least the man who brought everyone together, the, the professor X of the group, if you will, is, uh, DJ Kaufman, creator of Hero by Night and Secret Forces. Secret and, Forces. Uh, and, and I think this. Oh, what? Go ahead. No, go ahead. Other, I think this is. Uh, I think he's his first 
uh, three seasons was like Zombieopolis, but it was like a sub story of Secret Forces. So he's, I think he's folding it back in now with this season. Okay. Yeah. So. All right. Cool. Thanks for listening to this extra long episode of the comic book pit and make sure to check out the comics on seven by seven comic. Is it seven by seven by seven comics.com? Yes. Yep. Okay. So like I said, we'll put a link in the show notes for that. So it's seven X seven comics.com. This has been episode three forty eight of the comic book pit podcast. I'm Dan. And with me is Scott. You guys. And Sean. Bye, guys. Thanks again for listening, and we will see you next time. See ya. Bye.